And welcome back. It is a beautiful Friday evening in the high desert, 29 Palms, California. I'm sitting in the living room of TJ Sanford. And we are going to actually, TJ and I, we're going to talk some NBA returning. Woohoo! July very, very 31st. Very exciting. Very exciting. Finally, sports are back. Yes. I I cannot watch replays as much as the last dance was great. I actually want to see real basketball. I want to see a new dance. Yep, yep. So what are we most excited about? Uh, what TJ, what are you most excited about with the return? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about how, you know, kind of the first major sports, uh, you know, franchise coming back and how they're going to do it. Uh, re- really, really excited to see, uh, you know, kind of see LeBron back in action, uh, to see how this shortened schedule is going to go. And, uh, you know, re- I think it's going to be really fun to see, uh, you know, how they're, how they're going to do it and, and how, how it's going to go. Um, you know, it's going to be, going to be a, a, a really fun thing, I think. Uh, so if you don't know, if you haven't been paying attention, there's 22 total teams, uh, in the Easter conference, they got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat. The Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, the Magic, and the Wizards. In the Western Conference, we have Lakers. Go Lakers. Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, the Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Pelicans, Team Zion, mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and Phoenix Suns. And, of course, the conspiracy theory is Y22. Yeah. Uh, so and- Zion can be in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and Zion is going to be fun to watch for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, the, the teams that, that aren't, that aren't included there. You know, I don't, I don't think we're missing anybody that, that we would want to see. Are we? I, I don't believe so at all. I all think right. the, actually, I think you could have almost cut it off the Pelicans, even though the Kings are fun to watch. Kings actually have some good young players. Well, and, the, and Kings might be able to beat somebody, you know, um, you know, who, who's to say the Kings play the Nuggets and the Kings don't beat the Nuggets? You, you know? never know what could happen there. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. If they're, so they're going like a six-week uh, training camp starting about next week, and they said they're going to start July 31st. I actually am more intrigued is are you going to have this on somewhat of a tape delay? Because you know you're going to be hearing language. Well, yeah, <laughs> with, 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 no, with no fans and, and – uh, uh, there's definitely going to be language. However, uh, I mean, we've already been watching all summer with, you know, you brought up the last dance, uh, 30 for 30 with Lance Armstrong. We've already heard language. So why don't, why don't we make it as real as we can make it? I mean, you know, let, let, let's, let's be the first, uh, uh, sports franchise to allow language to be heard by fans. And it, well, it's, and it's a great point because it's not as though, you know, these players and these young kids watching it, they, they hear it. And, and it's reality. It's real. We're gonna we're gonna get some real going on. You know, I'm also intrigued. Is are they gonna pump in noise during timeouts? Because when the coach is actually explaining the strategy for the timeout play, well, the other team can hear it. So are they gonna do like some sort of, I don't know, pumping in noise? I don't know how they're gonna do that. It's because gonna be, it's gonna be very much like like uh, like summer basketball. You know, I, uh, when, when I when I coach basketball, you knew <laughs> you knew what the other people were gonna do because there was five people in, in the stands in, in, in a big in a big gym and uh you know you, you kind of just went out there and played and 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 so you know it, it might limit timeouts now you know you don't call one you, you don't need to well you also brought up a great point at this whole well you bring a great point about the timeouts because a lot of times you do timeouts to stop the momentum right well there's no crowd that's going to be going crazy because right. three three-pointers are hitting a row you just keep freaking playing yeah there's a second thing though how many of these players grew up in that aau mentality so I think, I think most of them now. So yeah. that could be really interesting. Yeah. You might see a lot of, you know, uh, the hero ball coming back because 
hey man this is what i grew up with you know yeah. let's put on a show for my friends and stuff yeah. that could be interesting so it's really it's really unique but we are excited i'm actually excited uh on a personal note that uh we're gonna get to see lebron again as a laker fan i did think and i think tj we actually brought this point up that this was his best year to win it because everyone is just going to get better in the west uh and possibly the east it's like this was the year you had a shot you want to get your shot and you know you the windows close a lot quicker especially as you get older and they're actually not really a young team well and i and i think he he's really um you know he, he's he's really earned this opportunity with with you know the different things he's done because you know when he when he wherever lebron is i mean there was a there was a thing i saw the other day online about uh you know how many how many teams have been to finals and it was like the lake the lakers had a number the celtics had a number the knicks had a number the 76ers had a number and then lebron had nine and and, and it was and it was just lebron you know with with three different teams three different, you know, big franchises. And, and you know, I, I, I think it would be good for his legacy to, to, to get one more or at least even just play for one more or, or or have a really good conference final with, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Who, know, who knows who it's, who it's going to be? Maybe the Clippers, but, you know, you don't you don't know right now. Maybe maybe the Jazz, maybe the Nuggets, or or if, if they're going to reseed it, you know, who knows? Yeah, it'd be really interesting. And I, you know, Here's I agree. Get back to Michael Jordan. Why does it always come back to Michael Jordan? Because yeah. Michael Jordan the is goat. the goat. The goat. But if LeBron, in this day and age of social media and constant scrutiny, wins three titles with three franchises, that's still pretty amazing. That's that's up there. I, I, I have you know I personally I have a great deal of respect for LeBron. I, I, I just think that 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 what's hurt him has has always been. He, he he doesn't have that you know that that end of game factor that that Jordan had and, and I really think that's the only difference and you know I, I've heard different sports you know uh, talk show people talk about that well if, if, if Jordan played in this era he'd average this this and this well I, I don't necessarily know if that's true or not but I, but I think LeBron is the best athlete to ever play basketball size speed strength quickness. But but I think that what he the only thing he's lacking is is you know and I, and, I, and I'll, I'll I'll ask you Mike you know think back to give me a game winning shot that you remember from him he had the one in the playoffs it was I want to say game two of well, I want to say the second round he hit the game winner I want to say I think that was the year that he took that terrible Cavs team to the finals yep. against the Spurs where they had no business being there but yes that's. I that, agree. that one, and, and and one I can add is, is the one the drive, the left-handed drive against the the Pacers. Yes, but but other than that, I mean, okay, now now you know you can name many Jordan <laughs> end of game shots. <laughs> well, you have and, to be quintessential and Kobe end of game shots, and and that's that's the only thing with LeBron, and and you know, and and and, and it sucks because you're talking about a guy who 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 does so much and plays plays the game of basketball the way that. You really like to watch it be played. I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but but you know he, he just doesn't have those you know those memorable moments. I mean, I mean even when he scored, I think it was uh, you know the, the last 25 point you know 25 points to end the series. Uh, you know uh, uh, I forget who it's against, but I mean that, even even that like it is not as memorable as you know 
you, you can name you can name the people that Jordan made that made the game winners over. I think LeBron's most memorable moment is the pin block against the backboard against the Warriors in yeah, Game Seven. Iguodala, Iguodala, yeah. when you yeah. saved it because they would have gone up by three, and they kept it, and then they ended up scoring the last four points and won the game. Now, I, I, Irving made the shot. But if LeBron doesn't make that block, the momentum goes back to Golden State. I think that's his moment. That's what I always remember is him racing down. That's, that's a really good and point. Block, and pinning Iguodala's shot against the backboard. So, a little LeBron mode. But, but back to the tangent we're talking about. Yeah, I think this is his best shot to win it. I think it really makes – even though they're not going to have home court advantage, so I think it's going to be a big thing for veterans. I think veteran teams are really going to be able to step up and solidify. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have those young teams that feed off the crowd. You probably won't see many upsets when they finally get to the playoffs because it's going to be who's better. It's all about matchups, and we're going to get into matchups in a little bit later. But I really think the veteran teams, teams that have good leadership, teams that have good coaching, this is where, not to not to kind of move over, I actually like Boston because yep. this is where Brad Stevens yep. can actually take over a series right now with that team. You got Jason Tatum. You got – uh, Jalen Brown, they're figuring it out. And then you got a great coach that I don't have to deal with crowd noise. I don't have to deal with anything. I just got a coach. I, I actually like Boston very much over there. Well, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier about, about uh, you know, momentum. You know, momentum is going to kind of be – it's going to be who, who is the better team now? Who, who, who is better prepared? Who runs better sets? Because it, it's going to be – you know, I, I don't want to call it a practice because it's not going to be a practice. But, but it's going to be very much so, uh, you know – I'm playing you. You know, you're going to get you're going to get to see guys kind of in their natural, raw form of, you know, of like like I brought up before of like summer basketball, where where I'm playing you, you're playing me, and and we're just playing. And, and I think I think that's really awesome. Oh, and it's going to be who are the gym rats who've been shooting if they can? Yeah, who, who's been who's been who's been working out? Yeah. yeah, who's been shooting? Who's been practicing? Because you know, there's this old adage of. Uh, in the playoffs, role players pay better at home. Yep. Well, there's no home. Yeah, there there's no just home. Yep. a home. There yep. is Orlando. Yep. That's where it is. Did Orlando make it? Orlando made it. We have a home team. There you go. There Orlando there's, made there's it. A home team. So Orlando is winning it all. We're calling it right now. Name, Orlando. name, me, name me one Orlando player if you can. <laughs> oh, they. Markel Fultz got traded there. There you go. Markel right. Fultz. Right. I, I was, I was going to give you, I was going to give you Gordon, but. Uh, oh shit! I forgot yeah. about Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Markel Fultz there. So let's go through a few teams. It's all about matchups. Actually, let's go to some, what are in the East. Look at the Eastern Conference. I said the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Magic. So the, that's their order. And then the Wizards would be the nine seed. Yep. So basically, the Wizards and the Magic are kind of fighting for that eight, pretty much. Who do we see maybe right there? And we actually don't know if the Nets are going to bring back Irving and or Durant. That's still up in the air. Right. But who do you think maybe is it? You think it's going to be the Bucks? I actually like the Celtics. But who? Anyone else you think maybe could challenge in the East with this format? No, no travel. Here we go. I like honestly. I, I like the Heat. I, I, I really? like the Heat with Jimmy Butler. I, I I just think that they have, you know, they 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 have enough. I think I think with with the time off and then, you know, because because they were they were a team that was built, you know, in the off season. Mm-hmm. And I think I think with the with the you know training camp, quote unquote, they're going to give themselves. I, I would not want to play the Heat. And here's another thing that I bring up supporting the Heat. Eric Spolstra is a very, yep. very good coach, and he got no love for the titles that were won when the big three were there. Yep. But 
he has done a lot. He, I think, is in the top three of tenured coaches, like still currently having a right, job. Right. He's he's wet, weathered through this storm, and he's got the heat playing tough. So they're the four seed right now. I don't know if they can catch the Celtics. We don't have the games back yet if they can get the three. But if they actually get up to the three, them versus the Raptors could be interesting. You never know mm-hmm. uh, what's going on. I've heard some people talking about the 76ers. I that just don't was think, another one I was thinking. Yeah. I just don't think they shoot well enough. I don't, I don't think they shoot well enough. However, you can't teach length. And, no. and, and in, in, a, in a tournament like this where, you know, Shooting is a very rhythm thing, and and and, and like like we like we've kind of talked about already. Uh, you know, when, when you when you get in rhythm and you have momentum and you have the crowd noise, uh, you know, you feel a little bit be- uh, better letting letting the ball go. Now you you have to be a good shooter, but you're, you're talking about Ben Simmons at six ten and Embiid at you know seven one, and the length the length I think will be will be a factor. Sixers are an interesting uh, proposition right now because they probably actually might think statistically they're in the top of defense in the East. Yeah. So and that's huge, especially if teams are going back to not shooting well right. and their defense is holding, they're talented enough to, you know, they're going to want to grind you. You might actually see some uh, late 90s basketball with the Sixers yeah. winning some 96 to 89 type games. But, hey, if that's what gets them in, that's what gets them in. So really interesting to see what they're doing. Uh, let's shift over to the West. So – I I'm, said I think the Lakers, but a team that I like because they're actually, I think, one of the youngest teams in the NBA, but they have a great leader is Oklahoma City. With Chris Paul and that young team, that could be very interesting in that 4-5 matchup against the Jazz right now. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I wouldn't want to play them. Uh, be, you know, with, with the points you just made right there, Chris, Chris Paul is going to have his team ready. And and he and he, he's going to lead his team to you know I think he, I think that they will win games that you would think that they're not going to win, uh, you know kind of kind of the team that I'm afraid of uh, in the Western Conference is you know I hate to bring it up but but the Pelicans <laughs> with, with 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 Zion and and just you know um, and Lonzo and, and Lonzo and and, and and they're all going to be healthy mm-hmm. uh, which is something that they haven't been you know. Uh, um, Zion's only played 19 NBA games, yeah. so you know that it, it's going to be really interesting to see him uh, in in this format. You know, with with it, with a chance to, you know, I, I don't see them sitting him. You know, I mean, well, you can't you know, he, he, he's 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 in. He, you know, they 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 made this format. You know, like we said earlier, let's be honest, they made it so that he can be so that he can help with TV, and it, it, it it'll be really interesting to see what that young core could do with him. What I'm interested to see is I'm looking at the 2-7 matchup right now because you're given a healthy Porzingis and a healthy Luka against the Clippers. Yeah, that that, that <laughs> yeah. If you guys haven't yep. watched Luka play, Luka is Luka's a league MVP it, in the next yes, 5 years. He is at least. amazing. Within the next 5 years, within the next 3 years, he's, he's a league MVP. So that could be interesting and Carlisle's a great coach and Doc Rivers. That's going to be a true coaching matchup between Rick Carlisle and Doc Rivers, I think. That could be really interesting, that matchup. That's two seven matchup. So I don't know. You know, I I, I might actually go back on my word about no upsets because Do you put Kawhi on, on Luca? I think you have I think Kawhi and Paul are gonna both you know what? Yeah, because he's too big for Beverly. Yeah. He's too big for Beverly. Yeah. Kawhi is gonna six, have seven. to Yeah, Kawhi's gonna have to and will that expend will, will that tire him out? George and Kawhi are probably gonna have to rotate on Luca. And then you got the freaking unicorn, Porzingis, at mm-hmm. 6'10". Mm-hmm. So it could be really interesting. 
that could be really interesting series. I, th I think I think that's going to be a, a top three Western Conference team for, for years to come. And and that, and that trade, you know, here, you know, the Knicks. <laughs> the we'll, Knicks. we'll laugh about the Knicks. Uh, but but getting rid of Porzingis, come on, why? What for? Well, you know, it's a star-driven league, and the star wanted out, and he wasn't going to play hard. But there's, I mean, you start looking back, you know, it's going to be really interesting. As at the six weeks uh, for the, you know, warm up starting on July 31st. Do you think it's too long? Six weeks? What I think, think it's safe. Safe. I think that's why, because I think they're anticipating a lot of hamstring and groin pulls in the first week. Well, and you can speak to that soft tissue injury, yeah. you know, the 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 long layoff injury. Yeah. Uh, so that with, with your with your you know. With, with what you know about fitness. Yeah, I think that's why. I think as much as we want it to come back, I think they're doing it smart so that they can rev them up slowly and probably also get the – they probably want the shooters to learn how to shoot again more than anything. So uh, it's going to be kind of interesting about how this whole – this rule that they're talking about, about how getting into the eight seeds. Like there's going to be games that are going to be happen, and they're going to kind of figure what's going out. But what we're getting down to – is that this seeding is going to go with this play-in tournament here, and we're going to read it right here specifically. It says, if the team with the eighth-best record in its conference is more than four games ahead of the team with the ninth-best record in the same conference, no play-in tournament will be necessary. Final playoff worth would simply go into the eighth-best record. But if the team with the eighth-best record is at four games or fewer than the ninth-best, then they were going to have a basically a, a – Two, uh, best of two, uh, two out of three, I think, is what's going to happen. Uh, so, no, it's best of two series, pretty much how it's going to go. So it's going to be quite unique how it's going to do that. They actually might. So you might get, like, Zion. For that That would be the thing. If you could do in the, in the West, if you could do a best of three between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, where you got John Morant, Going against Zion, rookie of the year, right there. There's the rookie. Yeah. That, that, who, yeah. who might win that? Would they would say, yeah, you're the rookie of the year. That would be interesting. Well, and, and you kind of bring up a good point with that. With that uh, scenario, is I think uh, league awards are going to be are going to be different now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think I, I I would wait till the end of uh, to the to the end of the of the tournament to vote on, on, on who, who's going to be MVP, who's going to be, you know, sixth man of the year and, and things like that. And really, and really take this into account because, you know, kind of like we talked about, you're going to see who, who's, who really loves basketball and who, and who's taken the, you know, been able to find a way to, to, to work through the pandemic. And that's actually a great point. This actually might be a year where your MVP actually seriously might be who wins it, it almost like it'd be like the tournament the most yeah. outstanding player of a tournament when they yeah. do it for the nc2a you know that would actually might be a better way to do it this year because the seasons it's the season's going to start over yep you as great as the season was and how many great stories there were this is all new and that's why when you're looking at these seedings you, you do want to see what's going to go i mean did you know would, would it be it wouldn't be ironic to me because i don't believe in irony i think there is no such thing as coincidence but what if both Russell Westbrook, James Harden, watched the Last Dance series and went like, man, if we just pass the ball more, how good could we be? And what if they just have this moment of clarity and just start sharing the ball instead of being hero ball? And the, the Rockets start actually like just winning games. But do you think that do you think that either one of those two guys watched 
the last dance series and thought pass the ball or they thought shoot it more <laughs> <laughs> they thought shoot it more yeah. but you know we're bringing yeah. up bringing up some interesting mr stanford we have we have senior stanford yeah. now we got yeah. the party going on now we got everybody here talking sports so uh but i don't know it's really interesting to think about you know what team can get hot you know how these things are going to happen with this whole play-in series if that for that eight seed and that's the other thing so going back to your thing about momentum this could be the momentum of what if a team does get hot? What right. if the Pelicans do get yeah. hot and get that eight seed? Now, granted, they would have to play the Lakers, but what if they then they make the Lakers, you know, go the full? I think it's going to be five, five in the yeah. first round yeah, and yeah. wear them out and wear them wear out, wear them out. out. So it could be really interesting. What if that happens with this whole, you know, momentum? What if, you know, the these teams that maybe push up and get the sixth seed and drop out, they just keep rising because they just keep winning games. Do you, do you think there should be an asterisk by who wins this? No. No, of course not. That's no, fair. because that because is – doing. They're doing it. It's not it, – it's – you know, people forget in 1999 when yes. Duncan won his yes. first one, that yep. was a strike-shortened season, and people don't talk about that. Well, let me ask you, Dad, since you, since you joined us here, uh, what is the difference between a summer league-type game where there's very few fans – and then a playoff game where you have a lot of fans because for, for those of you that don't know, my, my dad's a, a 17-year basketball coach who's been to the semifinals three times and, and uh, you know, also a, a, a high school football coach who's been to the, the, the you know, had a lot of playoff win, wins and uh, coaching experience under his belt. What do you think the difference is going to be without having fans? The fans bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of uh, enthusiasm. Uh, everybody gets hyped. And uh, I don't know if sports are, are the same without fans. So as a coach, yeah. as a coach, it's a summer league atmosphere, but it's a playoff game. What do you do? What What's something you would try to harness? How would you try to focus them to keep that energy up, knowing that it's it's an empty crowd, but... This is a big game. It's game seven. Well, even though even though uh, <clears throat> there won't be fans and it won't be the same that way, uh, athletes are competitors, and competitors are going to rise to the occasion, and uh, you know they're going to compete, and I think it's going to be just as amazing. People need sports. I mean, you look at people and they're watching you know, 17-year-old reruns and stuff like that. So people will be watching it on, on TV and there'll be a lot of interest in it. And I think uh, I think it's good. You think you get the same intensity without fans? Same, that, same momentum, same intensity, same... That's yet to be seen. We'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, I think athletes have something deep down in their souls that... Uh, they're going to want to perform. They're going to want to compete. They're going to want to uh, beat the other guy. You know, if you think about the Lakers, they were having a great season when it was uh, cut short. And uh, LeBron isn't getting any younger. That's no. for sure. I'll tell you something I'd like to see, Mike, <laughs> that I just kind of thought about right here was uh... – why don't we play this outside and and, and no coaches? You know, just just go just go real real, real Rucker, summer go to Rutgers Park. Yeah, real, real summer league where where you know pick up five on five and you know sub in and and and, and do do it like be like Uncle Drew. There yeah, you go. Yeah, you know, do do it like we used to do it. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Sanford, you brought up a good point about the athletes and the competitive nature. I actually 
do agree. We have to remember they've been shut down too since March 11th. Right. So it's not just us. We have they've been doing the same thing. So they're going to have that energy. So you actually might see some some dipsy do dunkaroo. Uh, yeah. That's that's what we, we Dicky V should call every game. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> well, he, li- he lives over there. He lives there. He? Yeah, he lives there. Right there. Why not? Dicky V should I or have it? That's what. What? what going back to this, what if ESPN also did like a? You know how they do for the national title game, but they do like the different. Yeah, the commentators. Yeah. They should do that. I think they definitely should do like the different broadcast booths and where you can watch on different channels. So they have like Dickie V on one channel doing one thing and he's talking and they have a different, maybe you can do a sky cam view on another channel. Well, it's, it's not like they have much else to do right it, now. Yeah. Like, and, well, well, yeah, because you're going to play, I think they're going to, they'll play multiple games, but you're playing in the same place. Right. So yeah, everyone's right. going to be in the same spot. So that would be an interesting feature because. I, going back to there, you have to make it interesting for the fans because after a while, yes, it's you're watching. Well, and, and, and I agree with that, but I but I also kind of think that that uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm, I'm missing sports, so so I, so I I I will be excited to watch pretty much anything that's put out there. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've been I've been watching. No no offense to the Korean baseball league, but I've been. Uh, you know, I've been I've been tuning into that just just to get a little live sports. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this morning I was watching, uh, uh, you know, a college football game from 2004. Uh, you know that I already knew what happened, but right. but but it, it it was it was something on, and it was it's it, you know it, it was competition, and and it was fun to watch. Well, Mike brings up a good point that the the players have been pent up. You know, they've been sequestered, That's and they word. they don't want to be sequestered anymore. And they're going to bring the, the energy and the fans are going to be, people will be watching from all over the world. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think what would be a cool thing is what if they also did at, at certain bars, you did like fan interaction. You had cameras at the bar and like you could show them like on the screens and like have them have that type of fan interaction. To where it's like they pick some Buffalo Wild Wings in the area and then, you know, they're on the screens. Like, you know, you're kind of yeah. watching and their, their sound is being pumped in. I don't. I don't see why not. You know, I, I. I think that's a really good idea. I mean, people. People are going to want to be involved with what's going on. You know, some, something I just thought about right now is, you know, sp- sports betting is going to come back. Sports betting come, come <laughs> back. I also think you're going to have a lot of this. You know, going back to the watch parties. You know, that's how people watch the World Cup. Right. I think that's what's going right. to be going on. This. You're going to have a lot of watch parties. You're going to have a lot of people. You know, at big event. If they, depending on how many people you can have gathered. I would not be surprised if they people start, you know, putting them on and people just watching it like that because it's new. It's like this is back, yay! Yes. It's back. Yep. And and people will gather for that because I, you know, I think I think when when you know pe- people are ready to be around people again, and mm-hmm. and and I think you know what one of the biggest things that's going to bring people together is going to be sports. It you is. Know, pe- people are going to want to watch sports, and they're and they're going to want to be together watching sports. So. You know, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting, cool thing, um, and and I, I, I think that I think that you know that, that we're waiting for for something like this. Yeah, very excited. Okay, anyone want to make any predictions? Who do you think's who do, who do you think's going to the finals, CJ? Finals. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a homer, uh, and and I'm going to go with it. You know, I hate, I hate to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to speak from my heart, not my mind. I'm going to go with the with the Lakers out of the Western Conference. And and I and I'm gonna you know I, I said it earlier and I'm gonna stick with it and I'm gonna swing for the fences on the Eastern Conference and I'm gonna go with the Heat with the Heat I'm gonna go with the Heat I I'm going Lakers Celtics I actually believe in Brad Stevens in this 
coaching coaching genre. Mr. Stanford, you have any idea who you like? Well, I think Brad Stevens is the second best coach behind Popovich, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers and the and the Bucks. Taking the number ones all the way across, yeah, and way, that's way, actually way to, way to go easy, easy answer. There, <laughs> so we'll, we'll when we the actually Greek start. Greek though, I, I don't know, but you know, I think the Greek freak is pretty freaky. Jim, Jim, Jimmy Butler is gonna gonna teach him a few lessons about uh, about what the weight room is like. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, that's. We're going to come back in a moment. We're going to probably start talking about some other other interesting topics, but uh, having a little break, a little sponsor break. Thank you guys so far. We're going to talk some exciting news since we're all sports guys and yes, we are. possibility of not just the NFL coming back. Because I actually always knew the NFL was coming back. It's too big of a money thing. But the fact that we have some college football coming back, we have some reporting dates starting, I think, this week uh, coming up, coaches, June 8th. Coaches this week, yep. Coaches this week, June 8th. We got Clampson. Clampson. Clampson coming. Uh, Lincoln Riley's actually holding Oklahoma back until I think uh, July 1st, uh, which is interesting. He wants to make sure everything is safe. He's actually doing the kind of a very much more of a passive approach, wants to make sure everyone's safe first. But what do you think that means to the college football season, TJ? I think it's happening on time. I think I think that we're going to have we're going to have football in the fall. I think people have waited too long, and and kind of with our last segment, uh, you know, people have been waiting for for live sports, and I I think now. Uh, now that things are starting to open across the country and, and you know people are starting to get hungry for for seeing things uh, you know pe- people are gonna want their college football in the fall and you know Saturday morning watching game day and then and then going into you know going into the to, to the games throughout the day uh, you know I, I really think that we're gonna maybe no fans maybe limited fans maybe social social uh, social distancing fans but I, I do believe that we're going to have uh, we're going to have uh, football in the fall. Yes, yeah, Notre Dame look like this this year, Mike. Uh, I actually uh, we can talk about Notre Dame. I actually am a fan and uh, very excited with third year starting co- uh, quarterback coming back. Uh, Ohio State's okay to play. They're going to do voluntary workouts on Monday. That's the key terminology. It's voluntary. Voluntary. They're not making every player come back because if some parents don't want to send their kids back yet, they're not supposed to hold it against them. Uh, but yeah, it looks like we're going to be rolling. Uh, I agree. I think they're going to have the kickoff date. Uh, I will say one thing about Notre Dame is the, the Notre Dame game in Ireland is now canceled. So Notre Dame Navy will not be in Ireland. They're actually playing in Annapolis. So they'll actually be playing that game. And that actually might be the Labor Day night game, I've heard, or Sunday night of the Labor Day weekend. there will be a primetime game. I think, I think playing that game in, in Annapolis is better. Really, I think in, it's in my, in my cool. opinion, you know, growing up in a military town, I think, I think it makes it a lot cooler. Uh, to have it in, in, in a in a military city, and as a as a marine dad, what do you, what do you think about that? I like it. You know, being a marine, I was Department of the Navy, and uh, I, I like it. 
I think it's a good idea. I, I, I didn't realize they actually did play in Annapolis, that they actually, it's a very small stadium, which works well. So the venue works. So you don't have to worry about the social distancing really that much. So I'm really excited about that. I am very excited about the fact that college football looks like it's going to be going and ready to go. We're going to be moving forward. Uh, I'm really excited to see how teams are going to to adjust. Because this actually could be a year where you actually might have someone who's uh, maybe not in the top, I don't say the top 10, but you never know. You might have a team that actually kind of sneaks in there because Again, if no fans, no momentum, so you don't have that home field advantage. It's going to be really interesting to see how teams adjust or how are you going to be able to, you know, overmatch in those early games of the season against those uh, the well, lesser opponents. You don't know what rosters are going to look like either. Yep. You know, who's going to show up and who isn't going to show up. And I, also, I also think, too, you're going to find out how, how good coaches really are because you're, you're going to have to uh, – you're not going to have the full spring – which is huge in football. You're not going to have the summer, no. which is also huge. You're basically going to go into it, and the first couple of weeks of football, I think, are, I think are going to be, you know, you're going to see very vanilla offenses, very vanilla defenses, and it's going to be how our how do teams adjust, not only in game but week to week, because everything's going to be so, uh, you know, so so shortened. And, and, and I think you're going to really find out who is able to prepare a team as opposed to who has better talent because, you know, if the talent is equal, now it comes down to your preparation. And go ahead. Go. Well, one of the questions, too, is going to be uh, conditioning. How many? Oh, yes. Who's going to be in shape? Who's, who's had the discipline to, to stay in shape on their own? Well, and, and, and that's really, you know, because there's not going to be a lot of uh, in practices. You're not going to be able to condition as much. You're going to you're going to have to you're going to have to be learning. You're going to have to be learning and you're going to have to be, uh, you know, preparing for that week. And so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how, you know, how, how coaches do that with each other. Well, that's why these voluntary workouts are actually kind of big, because this is the conditioning part, getting rid of all those soft. So you don't have the soft tissue injuries, because then that'll put you back you know, put a wrench in everything right there if you start getting injuries so early. So this whole conditioning right now, you know, getting ramped up uh, is going to be pretty huge to start with overall. Now, the other thing I think we all agree, though, the teams that have the advantage are the teams with returning coaches and returning quarterbacks. Returning quarterbacks is going to be a very big thing because if they know the system and they, they're comfortable in it, they can be a, a coach on the field. And, and that's and that's really going to be helpful. They can they can adjust things in the huddle, uh, and and not you know as as far as letting guys know where where they want them to be, letting linemen know where, how the play is supposed to be blocked, and that's going to be very very advantageous. Ooh, advantageous. There we go. Yeah. So I would say that means our two front runners. I think we would agree would still be Clemson, Clemson. and the Ohio State University with Trevor. My hair, Sunshine Lawrence, and Justin Fields, who I actually think my money is on Justin Fields to win the Heisman, actually, over uh, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. I think I Justin Fields is going to that. go off. I think if he wasn't injured, because he did get injured at the end of the year, he actually might have finished higher in the voting this past year. I agree. I, I think uh, you know. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is is a, is a phenomenal quarterback. I don't think that he. I, I think they don't play enough big games. 
or or primetime games for people to you know for people to watch him and and you know Trevor Lawrence had would have been the, the number one overall pick uh, if he would have went out uh, came out this year, and w- what's the motivation going to be uh, for him? And uh, you know, you look at Justin Fields, and and he he you know has a little bit more fire under him, I think, because he had to transfer. He he, he wasn't good enough at Georgia, what quote unquote good enough at Georgia. However, uh, you know, I, I think I think that he's gonna you know gonna come out with with a little bit of a Reckless abandoned. Uh, and you talk about the uh, primetime games. Uh, Ohio State's got a big one week two at Oregon. Yes. And, of course, the Big the Big Ten is legitimate. The Big Ten East is ridiculous with Michigan, Michigan State still always solid and Penn State. So he's got those premier games. But let me tell you something about Trevor Lawrence. The ACC is down, but Trevor Lawrence on November 7th, November 7th has to go to South Bend. Well, and, and that and, could be there. It is that could be that's his. That's going to be his game. That will be his 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 Heisman moment. And that was a good game last year. 2015. Yeah, 2015 yeah. against Deshaun. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that they, he beat him in the playoff in 2018 as a freshman, 30 to three. Yeah, 33 to three. I, I will. I, I 33 to three. But Notre Dame lost with less uh, in a lesser amount than Clemson beat Alabama. So I can take yeah, that. There, there you go. <laughs> And, and it's kind of going back to, you know, you talk about the the, the quarterback returning. Uh, Oregon's going to have a new quarterback. Uh, Michigan's going to have a new quarterback. Uh, so, you know, it looks it looks, it looks like we're kind of maybe looking at a Ohio State-Clemson final. Could be. Uh, you know, Oklahoma has a new quarterback. But they've had, they've had a new quarterback the past three seasons, and it doesn't fade Lincoln Riley. Well, but he, but he also hasn't made it to the final. Though. He has not. And, and, and then you have, you know, Lincoln Riley is a great coach, and 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 well, and you know, I, I believe Spencer Rattler is going to be their new quarterback, and who's who's going to be a very good quarterback. But we'll see. You know, I mean, he he's had he had he had a kid last year who who's been to a national championship game. So. Yes, yes. Uh, other teams that I think that are going to be good, considering uh, coach quarterback, uh, I think Florida is ready to erupt with Kyle Trask and uh, Dan Mullen. You think it's going to be Kyle Trask? Not uh, you, you, you don't think they're going to go back to uh, the guy they had that started last year? No, he transferred. Oh, did he? Okay. Yes, right. he transferred. He is now – he's at Arkansas. He'll also be playing against Notre Dame. He's at Arkansas. Right. Okay. No, Arkansas had is – I take that back. Arkansas is uh, Costello, but he's somewhere else in the, in the uh, SEC, but he transferred. So, yeah, I like Kyle Trask and Dan Mullen at Florida. I think that could be interesting. That's the other thing about the Georgia monster with the two transfers. They get transfers. They get Jamie Newman from Wake and JT Daniels from USC. And J- we don't know if Daniels might be eligible because this whole transfer thing. He might be, but he, he had a pretty pretty, uh, you know, pretty tough injury there. He had a severe knee injury, yeah. but talk about getting a – that's a quarterback room. Yep. <laughs> that's a quarterback room that yep. Kirby Smart has. So, you know, the other team, of course, you know, what are teams that are going to fall off? You know, you know, LSU can't be as good as LSU was. They're losing yeah, yeah, LSU is going to drop off, I think. Um, and, and, you know, losing losing as many people as they've lost, uh, being that they that they had, what, what was it, the most uh, first-round draft picks mm-hmm. in the SEC six, in, 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 in a long time, you know, in a while. And, and you know, a lot of those were on the offensive side, mm-hmm. so – so, and, and then also losing their, you know, losing their offensive coordinator is going to hurt them. 
the team actually, I want to say Dark Horse, if you're looking, Okie State. And Ernie's gone. <laughs> and Ernie's gone. He can't rub in Okie State, Cowboys. Yeah. But they return all, all their offensive weapons, and Mike Gundy's a maniac, and that hair is ridiculous. So, yeah, the, 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 the mullet. The, the, the mullet is the mullet. thing. Yeah, yeah. Fear so, the mullet. I, I, Okie State is a team that I would look for. Can Tom Herman turn around with with Texas? Because he's got Ellinger for a third year. I think I think this is going to be his make or break year. If if he you know he, he's kind of been the uh, you know he's he's been the, the the shiny new object everywhere everywhere he's gone. He's been you know moving from here and there. If he can't do it this year with 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 Texas, then then you know people are going to start in Texas going to start looking at well who's next because yeah. because you know like you said third year starting quarterback and and he's he's had success everywhere. I thought last year was going to kind of be their year at Texas. Until they played LSU. Well, until anyone played LSU, everyone thought it was going to be their year. I, I actually thought Clemson was going to beat LSU, and I was wrong. 45-16 wrong or 45-25 wrong. 45-ugly wrong. Yeah, that was just, after a while, it was a video game. That was video game numbers last year. But we are excited that college football looks like it's coming back. It's up and coming. Uh, teams are reporting voluntary workouts. Uh, the big thing, of course, was the state of California. And as we were recording this, three hours prior to us recording this, uh, the governor basically said he's opening up California, which is huge because that means the public schools in California will open, which, of course, would be huge for possible uh, students going to campus because I know that was a big thing. If you can't have students on campus, you can't have college football. I wonder if that'll change the uh, Cal State because they already made their ruling earlier in May that they were going to do online only. I'm wondering if they'll revert that, which that would, of course, because that affects the uh, Mountain West with San Jose State and San Diego State. So that would be interesting if they revert that decree with California opening. But that was a big thing because a lot of you're wondering, uh, would the Pac-12 be omitted of playing games? Like, all right, well, what does play without you? Because – the SEC was doing. The SEC, they're crazy about football in the South, so right. they would have everyone in biohazard suits <laughs> on the sideline yeah, if, if they can play their college football in the South. Well, let's the, let's be honest here. I, I think the Pac, you know, the Pac-12. To to your point there, I, I think they realize that that if they don't open up, then they're going to be so far behind in recruiting. Which let's be honest, the Pac-12 is already behind in recruiting. Uh, and, and and if they didn't, if, if they said no. Nobody's going to go to the Pac-12. You know, no top recruit. You know, if you if you're a football crazy recruit, you're going to go where you can play, and, yeah. and, and you're not you're not going to go to to a conference that that you know that, that doesn't have football. Well, you bring up a good point about this recruiting. There's some interesting numbers going on right there. At this time, there are over 800 verbal commits. Right. Last year at this time, there was barely over 300. All these kids are now like because they were fear of not getting able to get on campus, losing right. their spot. They're just committing. They're go, 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 go. Yep. I think you're going to see a record number of flips yes. once they open up. That's a good point. Being, opening up um, the official visits. I think you're going to see flips like crazy because a lot of fans are like, well, this school is out recruiting us. Ohio State right now is, is nuts. Like basically if Ohio State calls a five-star kid, they're calling a five-star kid that's in the womb of the mother still 20, 20 right. And, right. and it's committing. That's how yep. – they're committing so crazy right now, but I think you're going to see a lot of flips. You're going to, and the other thing you're going to see about is you're going to see a lot of over or undervalued kids end up like at Kent State or Mac schools. Like I want to see what the draft is going to be like in four years. 
because you might have like another situation where you have like the top 10, two of the top 10 picks are from these small schools because right. they couldn't go to camps. Yep. So no one picked them up. So they ended up at Akron. They ended up, and they're just this six five defensive end that runs a four four. Like, where the hell does this guy? Well, and, and, and with the with the kids that mature in college, yes. you know, uh, to your point there, uh, you know, you might you might get a guy, you might you might get a guy who, who who's not what he's going to be, you know, in four years. And you know, not having the camps this summer is, is going to hurt a lot of. You know, we talked before about you know twenty nine Palms high school football. It's going to it's going to hurt small schools like that. In, in getting kids out. However, you're going to be able to get kids, you know, I, I think you're going to be able to have a, a, a little bit better recruiting base getting kids to those smaller schools because they're not going to be able to, to know where, where anybody, you know, where anybody is. I think you actually might see some, uh, quote, diamond in the rough quarterbacks go to small schools yes. this cycle. You're going to, I think that's what actually might affect. You might see some small, lower tier power five, but, um, the, the non-power five, they might get some quarterbacks to where these guys are going to be throwing, spinning the ball. I really think well, that might and, happen. And, and going back to the, the guys that mature later, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's some people that are late bloomers. You might, you might get a guy in who's, who's 6'3", and then he ends up being 6'6", and, and, and can throw it all over the yard, you know, by, by his junior year. Yep. So very excited. But, yeah, that recruiting thing is interesting about all these kids. 800 commits. Yep. 300 last year. People are – it's – I guess I got nothing else to do. I might as well commit. Might as well yeah, go to school. Might as well just go. I'm going to go there. So really interesting. But yeah, but the Pac-12, uh, it is interesting on the West Coast. It's a known fact that Pac-12 uh, kids start late. Uh, they don't do seven on seven as much. A lot of uh, the Pac-12, I think a lot of kids in California specifically, uh, do track religiously and or baseball. So I think yes. they kind of put recruiting on the back burner until their senior year. And they're like, okay, yeah. You know, and I think, you know, I think that's going to help. I think that's going to help SC. Yeah. I think that's why SC usually can wait, wait and wait on kids because then they'll just knock on the door down at Gardena Sarah and be like, by the way, if you want to talk to your two top, you know, receivers. Oh yeah. By the way, they're five stars. They're going to come to SC. Right. So, right. And, 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 you know, USC has really lacked, you know, they've lost so many people to really Oregon. Oregon is tearing up Southern California and, 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 and really taking, you know, the five-star guys and, and, and their main guys. Um, I, I believe Oregon's left tackle is, is a Southern California yep. guy who's going to be a top five pick, you know, or, or yeah, or, Oregon, yep, or, Oregon safety, uh, who will be a top 10 pick in, in a year, uh, Southern California guy. And, and that's really what's killing SC is, is they're letting their, their, their main guys, get taken right out of their backyard. Well, Cristobal knows what he's doing up there, and that's why, you know, it, it stinks that they're having to replace the quarterback up at Oregon. And here's the other thing. They play Ohio State Week 2. They play North Dakota Week 1. University of North Dakota? They play North Dakota. They play the Bison. Oh, they play the Bison. Well, that's going to be tough because the yeah. Bison the Bison have a quarterback right now. Yes. Well, that who, guy's legit. He might be a – who didn't throw an interception last year. No, he's legit. Uh, he might be a, a, a top 10 a top ten draft pick because he, he he's a he's – a, you know, the, the, the modern-day quarterback, dual threat. And, and again, didn't, did not throw one interception last year in 14 games. Yeah. So, and I mean, you, you can accidentally throw an interception True. and, and he didn't throw one in, 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 you know, division one competition. You know, speaking of which, of course, going back to SC, they open up, they have the Jerry's world matchup against Bama in week one. And yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be tough. The, the only thing, the only thing in SC's favor is, 
is who, who's the Bama quarterback going to be? Are we going back to the you know win by defense type uh, type mentality, which I'm sure they're going to, um, and and you know maybe maybe Slovis can can score enough, but but I, I just don't think you know the depth the depth is not there that it, that it used to be there. Well, SC doesn't have the lines on right. either side of the ball. Their linebackers are good. Their secondary is nice, but both offensive defensive lines are they're just not recruiting well. But I take their receiving core. I think oh, yeah. I see the receiving oh, yeah. car. Bonds and St. Brown, that's ridiculous. And you have Marquis Steph in the backfield, they're ridiculous. And Keaton Slovis, I mean, no offense, JT Daniels is the starter. He got injured and he realized, I'm not getting my job right. back and I'm going to leave now. Unfortunately, though, we're not playing seven on seven. No, we're, we're playing with the line, and, and that and that's really where uh, where, where the SEC kind of kind of separates from everybody else is how many good defensive and offensive linemen they have. And that's what makes why the SEC, we all agree, is, you know, there is there is an SEC bias because there is an SEC truth. Yeah, right. They are, right. they just, the offensive and defensive lines especially, they just get guys. And they have so many guys in their backyard where you have guys from Kentucky get drafted in the first round. Yes. You have guys from Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Just, well, in, in the top ten. Yes, just, you know. just running people out. And it's just crazy that – they're able just to keep doing that, but that's that's the, the great equalizer and the separator. That's why I said the South loves their football. I want to know how many teams, how many fantasy football teams this fall are going to have a COVID reference in their team name. <laughs> that's, I, I haven't even thought about that. I think there's going to be there's going to be one in every league. I'd say at yeah, least something. There would be COVID nineteen like that. Corona something. They're going to be crazy. That, we got to get submissions for some COVID. Some good COVID names. COVID names yeah. for fantasy football teams. Because I, I might need one. Because we got, might as well. You actually, let's get, you want to get like maybe a 12 or 14 so you can make sure you can rotate each, each week. Right. And right. change it up each week. That would be fun. So, uh, other topics in college football. Doc Heisman a little bit. I, you and I both think Fields uh, over Lawrence. Uh, national champion, do you think it's going to be – do you have four, or do you, or do you think somehow it's going to be Clemson-Ohio State? I think it's Clemson-Ohio State. Maybe maybe Oklahoma just because they're always there. Um, you know, I, I, I like your dark horse of, of Florida. Um, I, I don't see anybody out of the Pac-12. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't see anybody out of the Big 12 other than um, – uh, you know, other, other than uh, – Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yep. Uh, but uh, but I, you know, kind of out out of the Big Ten, I I, I think a, a sleeper could be Michigan, or or even uh, Wisconsin. See, Wisconsin's the scary one. I think uh, they they get the quarterback back, but they did lose Jonathan Taylor. They have a few primetime games. They uh, apparently they were going to host Notre. Well, they were going to play Notre Dame in Lambeau, even though that was going to be Notre Dame's home game. That actually now was apparently moving back to South Bend. So it, even though it's ironically it was that Shamrock series game, uh, so that'll be interesting. To well, see and, and even not not to not to kind of stroke the, the the Notre Dame bias here, but even Notre Dame with, with a with a three year uh, starting quarterback and and I believe most of their offensive linemen back. They have they return five offensive linemen. Yeah. So I mean, if, well, most all of them. Yes. So so when you have all five back. And you have your quarterback back. That's a good starting point. I, I, I would love to be a part of something that has that. They um, they're weak in the running back room. They're new. They're very green there. They're very green in the receiving core. But but when, but when when you can block it, 
you can find a guy. True. You know, especially when you, when you're Notre Dame, who, who's not. I mean, they're, they're not. They're they may be young, but they're not slouches. No, and they got a kid uh, out of Virginia, uh, Chris Tyree. Uh, he he can run. He's a freshman. He can run a little bit. Uh, their defense under Clark Lee has been very good the past two years. Uh, JOK Jeremiah Uso Cormoa is the a lot finalist right now. He's their rover outside backer. He's the one that destroyed Ohio uh, Iowa State. Uh, they're going to have a chance. They said they get Clemson at home. Uh, they got Wisconsin, and they're going to have to go to. They're going to have to win at SC. That's that you're going to get at the close it out in the Coliseum. So they're going to have a shot, but they could. Uh, I still think, you know, even though he dry, he frustrates me with his coaching decisions, I, I still like Penn State. I think Penn State uh, that's is, is ridiculous. Their defense is ridiculous. Uh, they got – they changed their offensive coordinator. They got uh, – uh, they got went back to the Moorhead guy, even though it's not Moorhead. It's a philosophy. One of, one of his one guys. Of his yeah. guys yeah. So they're going to come back to that offense. Uh, I, I don't like James Franklin's late-game decision-making sometimes, but I do believe that he – Penn State because they get Ohio State at home, which is huge, and they get Michigan at home. There'll pro- probably be a whiteout at both of those. Yeah, uh, so that's huge for them. Let me get your thoughts on this. Do you think that uh, Notre Dame would benefit from being in a conference? Yes, I am one of the – as much as I love their independence and I love the idea of Notre Dame being independent, I think they need to join a conference, and I think when – I believe once the playoff system changes in a few years, I think you're going to have super conferences, and I think they will their hand will be forced, and they will have to. Yeah, I, but I think they need to. I actually am a fan of it. Give kids more things to play for. Uh, you know, give them more opportunities to be in more showcase games. I know it stinks. You might lose your rivals, especially the Navy, SC, and Stanford games. I know those are the three that the non-negotiables. But right. it's one of those things. Plus, the the ACC is down, and that's the thing right now. If they win into the ACC, you, you might actually have a situation where Notre Dame might play Clemson once, and then they'll play again in the, in the championship game. Right, right. Uh, depends on what happens with looking at Mike Norvell here. What does he do at Florida State? Right. Uh, you know, I like to like Scott Satterfield at Louisville. I think Louisville's scary next year. Louisville is kind of through my through my time of watching college football. Louisville has always been a team that that shows up every couple of years. Yeah, except you know? except when they quit on Petrino what, two years ago. Right. But then look at Satterfield comes last year and they go eight and five. Right. Uh, you know, he was the guy from Appalachian State. He yep. was not the coach of Appalachian State when they beat. Michigan, but he was on the staff. He was on the staff, took uh, over afterwards. And yep. he took over. Uh, they they gave Tennessee, they beat Tennessee. Yes. They've given teams scares, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, he he's he, he's not going to be at Louisville for long, though. No, he he's what he will. He's another guy. Well, that, Texas kinda, might call him away, something like that. That's kind of what sucks about being Louisville. What sucks about being Cincinnati is, you know, guys from there go different places. Again, another Notre Dame bias, I suppose. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's actually an Ohio State bias because that's Luke Fickle. So would Luke Fickle somehow go back to well, – Chip, Chip Kelly was a – or not Chip Brian Kelly. Was Brian, a, uh, Brian was a – Brian Kelly. Brian was at Cincinnati. Yeah. He actually followed D'Antonio. D'Antonio okay. was there first. D'Antonio went to Michigan State. Then Brian got the head job at Cincinnati. What do you think we uh, – you know, after our next break, we talk a little something that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot, girls basketball. We talk girls basketball. Yep. Take a quick little break here, guys.